0: very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though this earth shall change, the mountains shall shake. The heart of the sea will roar its waters. The mountains will tremble, but the word of our God will last and stand forever. Family and friends, we have gathered here this afternoon to celebrate the life of our dear sister, Mrs. Charlene Anderson, and I know that some are mourning. I know that some may be even crying, but this is a moment of celebration. We come here to celebrate the life of of Mrs. Charlene Anderson. So if you would please stand with me as we do the invocation and begin to sing our hymn of this celebratory service, abide with me. Let us pray. Gracious God, who is our help in ages past. Hear our cries. We come here today, Lord, to cry out some with confident hope that you, God, are listening to us. Wrap your loving arms around this family, O God, for we need the manifestation of your glory. Be with us throughout this celebratory service so that we know that your name will continue to be glorified and there your people will be edified. We come here today to witness a transformation that you, oh God, only you can give. So God, turn our grief into hope, our sadness into joy, and we are here, God, to release our grief to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. (laughs)
1: Hey. <laughs> Come.
0: both Old and New Testament. The Old Testament comes from a very familiar passage, the 23rd Psalm, I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version for both Testaments, and it gleans these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our New Testament reading comes from the gospel according to John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 and it reads, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. it's okay to put your hands together come on put your hands together and give god some praise at this moment we will have uh by the names that are listed in the program Uh, matthew anderson layla Ziferno. please forgive me if i butchered your last name and maria grant if the three of you would please come forward and grab an individual mic. There is one mic for each of you, which means that there will be no other acknowledgments. There is one mic for each of you, and please let us do our best to keep these acknowledgments uh, to roughly two to three minutes out of respect for the family at this time. Thank you.
2: So First of all, I want to thank everybody for coming, for attending. Uh, I know this has been streamed on a plethora of social media platforms and those who are tuning in, uh, I want to say thank you. For those who cannot make it, um, I, I do appreciate you calling, stating that you could not, but the intent means everything. I do not know me. I've been gone for about 20-something years. My name is Matthew Anderson. I've been offered the opportunity to speak for a few minutes about my mother, Charlene Anderson, whose life we are celebrating here together. I realized as I set about this task that a son. He sees his mother in a different context than any lifelong friend, cousin, aunt, uncle, or colleague. It is even difficult to speak on behalf of my siblings while I try to represent the shared feelings of love, devotion, and admiration that we all feel for our mother, especially I. My mother will be very pleased and honored to see that all you can make it here this morning to share with us. As was her family and friends, it was her family and friends who were the most important focus of her life. It was also your continued support, well wishes, prayers, which were so valuable to her in her final weeks. In addition to your presence here, we have received many expressions of condolences from among many people that my mother's, has touched over the years. Theirs and your words match those that echo in my head with examples of her tirelessness and determined support of her friends and her family throughout her life. The words that come to mind to describe my mother is courage, generosity, sensitivity, integrity, dignity, wisdom, and of all patience. My mother's was patience. My mother's patience was out this world. She raised six beautiful kids. She was the epitome of the word patience. Unfortunately, my time is limited because I can talk for hours and provide numerous examples demonstrating remarkable patience that my mother showed. Not only us, but the ones sitting here and the ones viewing from afar. All mom wanted to do was travel and visit her kids, grandkids, and family. She also had a desire to travel the world, although she had a fear of flying. Once I asked my parents to come out to Texas because I was given the opportunity to command a military unit as a captain in the United States Army. Amazingly, my mom with my little brother, Trey, put her fear of flying aside, got on a plane, and came out anyway. (laughs) She came out to see my accomplishments and to share them with me in my endeavors. Charlene Anderson, led by example, raising six children. She was in her mid-40s when she decided to restart her professional life and become a teacher. She did complete not only her bachelor's degree, but she completed a master's degree to show us that you could do it any time, it's never too late. This is further evidence, not only her independence and determination, but also of her courage and willingness to tackle any challenge. Her generosity with her time, her energy, her advice, and in so many others, provided invaluable support to a remarkable number of people. Over the years, over the past few days, I've heard many stories of her friends and relatives, neighbors, even strangers who provided, who, whom she provided help and support in their time of need. Among the other boys who come to mind to describe her character, her uncomprom- uncompromising integrity and honesty, have proven to belong, be alone among the most important guides for myself and my professional and personal life. Whenever I face a situation which I'm unsure about, or which direction to take, I've always had a tool to guide me in the form of a simple question. What would my parents want me to do? What would happen if I choose this path? Would I honor my family? Would I honor my parents? That made the the choices in my life so much easier. Life forces us into all positions of compromise and presents challenges to our honesty and our integrity. And I observed my mother rise and meet those challenges one after the other throughout my life with courage and toughness and sense of right and wrong, which was all expiring. It was her values and her commitment to community and people which helped into helping others as a teacher, and she loved her kids. Her sense of dignity was never so tested, nor so well demonstrated as in her final weeks and days of her life. Even with her body riddled with cancer, she still was not asking for the normal allotment of painkillers as she wished to maintain full control of her faculties and preserve the lucidity and maximize her ability to interact with her family who all came to see her. Not once did she say, this is unfair, or why me? My mother did drink, smoke, do drugs, but her life was still cut short. I suppose God needed her to be a blessing to the masses. I struggled to imagine myself being able to meet death with even a tenth of dignity, which she did. Her final months were focused on bringing family together. We are so grateful to all of those who make it possible. My sisters, my brothers, family nurses, doctors, medical professionals, because she wasn't supposed to live past Christmas, but she did. I thank you so much for your efforts. Those of you who provided support throughout her life, visited, called in her final days. unfortunately, it's too numerous to mention, but I want to say thank you. My mother pursued a lifelong effort to build family connections and explore our roots. She came to know so many people as seen here and give us all extraordinary collection of family knowledge. We are all the product of our parents, grandparents, ancestors. And while I cannot speak for the more distant past, I can say, just like my mother's mother, my grandmother, who passed April 6, 2016, mom had a character of the highest caliber who represented sensitivity and consideration towards all people near and far, as well as extraordinary generosity and unparalleled level of community and family involvement and dedication it is with extreme sadness that today we have to say goodbye, mom, goodbye. To a woman that reflected and body of these values worthy of our deepest admiration and respect as a parent as a friend as a wife my mother she had an extraordinary ability to make each of us feel stronger and more confident in our own identity giving us our own sense of independence and mental toughness which speaking for myself has been such an asset in so many ways in my life even though god has called my mom to come home Early, before the streetlights come on, her and her legacy will live in our memories, in our hearts forever. And I will always be extremely proud to call myself the son of Charlie Anderson.
3: grant. I am the granddaughter of Charlene Anderson. She was the light in everyone's life. In a dark room, she brought the light. She would give her last penny to make whoever happy And through her fight with cancer, her struggles and her pain, she fought through it. I'd like to take a moment to review the blessing and gift that was my grandmother. The Lord handcrafted her face. She was the most beautiful person and her smile did not just light up a room, it lit up the world. And she would give such a beautiful smile to anyone who knew her or didn't know her. You could be a stranger and she would give you that same warm smile that could make your entire life brighter. And the Lord handcrafted her soul with patience and with joy and with faith that she spread to every single person she met because she wanted us all to know God. And he handcrafted her spirit little by little with kindness. She has such a kindness that I will probably never see again, but was such a blessing while we had her. She was the embodiment of a gift because she could make you happy in an instant. It didn't matter what it was. She could make you laugh when you really needed to cry. And she would give you a hug if you needed it. Even if it was over the phone, you could feel my grandmother's hugs. And she made sure that we all felt her love, all in a different way she individualized it for every single person she came across and that is why so many people are here today because she gave her love away like it was pennies and she was the richest person alive and she would do it all again in a heartbeat and with such a beautiful spirit she is still with us today because she would never leave us we all know that and she is still going to watch us grow. And she wants us to be happy, no matter what. It was one of the best things about her. And though we will miss her a lot, she's not far. She left a piece of her heart in every single one of us because that's what she does. And so with pieces of her heart inside of us, we can all try to be like her and be kind and loving, and give everything that we have. Because that is her legacy.
0: Come on, you can do better than that. Give a hand to these family members and encourage them. I know that the program calls for acknowledgments, but I don't think that I would be able to sufficiently stand and give better acknowledgments than what was already given. Um, So, I will say on behalf of the disciples of St. Paul Baptist Church, um, our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Robert C. Scott, uh, in his absence, and all of the disciples, the staff of the St. Paul Baptist Church, uh, we count it a pleasure that you have allowed us to share in this celebration of life with you. Um, With that being said, um, after this next election, you will hear from one of those very staff members, our very own. Executive pastor, the Reverend Dr. Monica Redmond, will come and render the eulogy following this next selection.
4: You can do better than that. Let's give God some praise in here. I mean, really, really, if you love God, give him some praise in here. You can do a whole lot better than that. Has God been good to you? I mean, really, has God really been good to you? He has been good to me, and I'm thankful. hallelujah. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name? Oh God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we love you. We love you. Oh God, God, we love you. Not just because of what you do for us, but because of who you are. Thank you for being a loving God. Thank you for being our creator. (laughs) Thank you, oh God, for bringing us into your house of worship one more time. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you walk up and down every aisle, settle our hearts, settle our minds, to receive your word God I pray that you steady me (laughs) God I need your power I need your anointing power oh God like never before God use us use us oh God so that comfort will be brought to this family for this husband for these children for these grandchildren God I pray that you breathe some peace in the atmosphere. And God, when we leave this place today, we will leave here knowing we've been in your presence. God, any way you bless us, we will be satisfied. Oh God, we'll be satisfied. We'll be satisfied because we'll feel your peace. We will feel your joy. We will feel your anointing. God, we love you so much. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen, amen, amen. Would you do a favor for me? Would you just take a moment and honor the God that we serve by putting your hands together. Come on, come on, put your hands together. Welcome God into this atmosphere. Assure God That he's welcome to move up and down every aisle. That he is welcome to sit down right where you are. (laughs) Come on, you can do better than that. Has God been good to anybody? I mean, really, really been good to anybody in here. That's right, lift your hands in this place. You can do better than that. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. God has been good to us. I'm delighted today. I'm honored to be here to share a few words from our God for this family. Those of you who have gone before me and this son, these granddaughters, you've already preached a eulogy for this wonderful woman the kind words that um, you've given really says a lot says a lot about who Miss Charlene was what she meant to all of you I don't think I could do any justice or say anything more than what you have said I just want to honor you and honor your time we won't be before you long but I do believe that God has a word for us today. Does anybody want to hear a word from the Lord? Oh, come on, do you want to really hear a word from the Lord? Well, I want to, if you have your Bibles, there's an interesting word that God shared with me in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses six through eight. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn right there But the words there say this, beginning with verse number four. It says, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Is that what your Bible says? That's what my Bible says. For just a few moments, I I want to preach. I just want to share with this thought how Miss Charlene Anderson faced death with confidence. That's what I'm going to talk about today, how Charlene Anderson faced death with confidence. Paul, in the text that I just read, says that the time of his departure is at hand. When he said that, he uses a word that takes its meaning from the idea of a ship in the harbor. And the time has come to cast off the lines and set sail for parts unknown. Now, if Paul were writing this particular text today, instead of ships, he would probably use airplanes to illustrate his meaning. It is if Paul were saying, the time has come to catch my plane. Now, he uses the same word in Philippians 1:23 but we need to look back up to verse number 21 to get the context of what Paul was talking about. In those verses, he says, for to me, living is for Christ, and dying is even better. Yet if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful service to Christ. I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires, Sometimes I want to live, and sometimes I want to depart and go and be with Christ, because that would be better for me. As I read this text, I believe that what Paul was informing us is that death for the Christian is like a departure. (laughs) And what that means is we are cutting loose from this life, and setting in sail for the next. So Paul begins by saying, I have fought a good fight. The language he uses means to contend for a prize or to struggle. So what I understand Paul saying is that life for him has been a real struggle at times. And I think that each of us understands what that means. If I were to go around the room, you would talk about how life sometimes has really been a struggle. But Paul reminds each of us that although life can be a real struggle at times, it's worth the struggle. Regardless of what we go through in life, the ups and the downs, at the end of the day, It will be worth it all can anybody say it's gonna be worth it all when we make it to heaven it's gonna be worth it all I believe that if Miss Charlene was here she would say that she would say all of the pain that she's gone through everything she had to deal with she would say it was worth it all I don't know about you but that's how I feel about it that's how I feel about this life every day hasn't been Sunday but it's been worth it all. At the end of the day, it's gonna be worth it all. Sister Charlene battled cancer, but you know what? She endured cancer. Her attitude remained positive about what she was going through. Paul was positive in this text. You can hear it in his words. Some of us, we complain about what we're going through. We complain about there not being enough sunshine. We complain about the rain. But brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it all. You ought to touch somebody right beside you and you ought to tell them it's going to be worth it all. Come on, touch somebody. Tell them it's going to be worth it all. It'll be worth it. Listen, brothers and sisters, with that positive outlook on life, Paul gives us some powerful reasons why he is able to face his departure from this life with confidence. First of all, Paul is able to face his departure with confidence because he knew where he was headed. Oh, I like that. Paul knew where he was going. He said, my life here may end, but I know where I'm going. Because heaven is going to be my home. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that's what Miss Charlene said. She said, I'm going to be all right. Because I know where I'm going. I know the apostle Paul knew where he was headed. His departure from here means his arrival in heaven. Paul knew without a shadow of a doubt where he was headed in eternity. But my question for you today is, do you know where you're headed? That's the question on the floor. Miss Charlene knew where she was headed. She lived her life in such a way that she knew that when she took her last breath, that heaven was going to be her home. Oh, hallelujah. And it says to me that we need to make sure that we live our lives in such a way that heaven is going to be our home. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to even doubt it. We can know it. And we can know it with confidence. Paul says in his first letter to the Corinthians, um, chapter 5, verses 6 and 8, he says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. We're confident, yes, well, please, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And the Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with God. Now listen, as with most things in life, you really can't have it both ways. You see, to be present with the Lord means that we have to give up this life. Do you realize that the Bible says that you can know for sure where you are headed in eternity? That's why I'm so excited about the life of Miss Charlene, she knew what she was headed. She knew First John 5 and 13 says these things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Death does not have to be a leap into the darkness or into the great unknown. The Bible tells us that by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, That we can be saved. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's what I believe about God. That's why I'm not really worried about what will happen tomorrow. I'm not worried about what's going to happen next week or even next year. Because I have placed my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Miss Charlene placed her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she knew because she did that heaven was going to be her home. Does anybody believe that? You ought to put your hands together in here because Miss Charlene knew where she was headed. She was not concerned. She was not worried. She knew. Mm. Listen. The Bible tells us that by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will be saved. In a scripture that almost everybody in here has ever heard if you've gone to church you've heard it it's in first it's in john 3:16, and it says for the lord god so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life so if you have placed your faith and you place your trust in jesus christ when the time of your departure comes You can face it with confidence knowing that we have been assured of a place in heaven. Oh, that's some good news right there. I know I'm not upset about what's going to happen tomorrow because I place my faith in Jesus Christ. If we place our faith in Jesus, we can face death like a prisoner getting ready to be released from prison. We can face it like a child when the end of the school term nears. We can face it like a bird ready to fly south. And we can face it like a patient in the hospital, anxiously scanning the doctor's face to see whether a discharge may be expected. I long to be gone from myself, from, the, from my flesh, I have too long inhabited seeing the great door of eternity, drawing open such is the prospect of death for a Christian. Sister Charlene was a Christian and she knew exactly where she was headed. That's some good news right there. She knew it. She wasn't upset about it. She knew, but you know what? There was something else in this text. Paul is able, to face his departure from this life with confidence, because he knew that he had successfully finished the race. I mean, he finished the race with success. And the Bible often uses the image of a foot race to describe the Christian life. But the foot race is not just a hundred yard dash, it's a marathon. Now you are probably familiar with how the apostle Paul started his race that is how he became a Christian. The story is told in Acts 9, how Paul was on his way to Damascus to persecute the Christians. When he, in that moment, he was struck down by a blinding light, and he heard the voice of Jesus Christ. Paul, in that moment, became a Christian because of that experience. But you know what I want to tell you today? That you don't have to have the experience of a blinding light to be saved. In reality, it is simple as recognizing that you are a sinner and that you can be saved. Your life may not be the way you want it to be. You may have made some mistakes in life. I know Miss Charlene probably made some mistakes in her life, but she was all right because she placed her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. She accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior, embracing. A good start is essential. If the start is off, the race will go badly. What this means is you must first start. You must first start. You must begin. But as important as a good start is, even more important is a strong finish. Paul said, You face his departure with confidence. Because not only had he started well, but brothers and sisters, he finished well. Oh, I don't know about you. I hate to start something that I don't finish. Anybody else like that? I got to finish what I start. And Paul finished, but he finished well. We too can be confident at our departure if we have not given up. I came to tell somebody that you may make some mistakes along the way. We all make mistakes, but I want to tell you to get back on the horse. I want you to get back in the race. I want you to finish what you start. Anybody else feel that way? I'm going to finish what I start. In verse 8, Paul turns from reasons for his confidence in departure to tell us some things about his arrival. He said, I'm not just leaving here. I want you to know that I've got some place to go. He says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He's saying, just be like me. You can start out, but you can finish. You can finish and you can finish well. You see, my brothers and sisters, when we head off on a trip by plane, we make sure to first of all, get on the plane. We endure the flight. And at the end of the flight, there is an arrival. Often the reason for the excitement associated with the trip is not the trip itself, but it is really because of who is waiting for us at the airport. The same thing is true of a Christian. We face departure from this life with excitement, not because the departure is exciting, but because of who and what is waiting for us there. Oh, hallelujah, we can get through anything. We can get through anything because we know who was waiting for us on the other side. You see, I don't mind playing rides. Although they're not always the most enjoyable things in the world, I am willing to endure all the inconveniences associated with flying. I'm willing to endure the long lives at the airport. I'm willing to endure those little seats all crammed together on the plane. I'm willing to endure those seats being divided by those tiny little aisles where the flight attendants are always bumping your elbows with all those little compartments designed to be slightly smaller than your smallest piece of luggage. I won't even start on the bathrooms on the plane. You see, what I'm trying to tell you this afternoon is that flying is not always that to our destination. Oh, help me somebody. I don't care what happens in this life. I know where I'm headed. I know that I'm headed to heaven. Anybody else know that where they're headed? Oh, Miss Charlene knew where she was headed. She didn't mind what she had to go through. She didn't mind the cancer. You know what? When the time comes for our departure, it may not be a delightful experience. It may include a hospital stay. It may include a nursing home. It may include illness and incapacitation, but the goal, my brothers and sisters, will be worth it all. I came to tell somebody that it's gonna be worth it all. There's a hymn that I think summarizes what I'm trying to say today, and it's entitled, It Will Be Worth It All. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus life's trials will seem so small when we see jesus one glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase so bravely, my brothers and sisters run the race till we see jesus amen somebody oh you ought to put your hands together you ought to put your hands together in here because everything that we have to endure down here is going to be worth it Because we will see Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this time of sharing. We pray now, Father, that you bless this family, this husband, these children. Oh, God, bless them. God, let them know that they're not by themselves. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: the Lord, I'm free, no longer bound, no more chains holding me, my soul is resting, and it's such a blessing, praise the Lord, hallelujah. holding me. My soul is resting. It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. I
4: We will continue these services at Gethsemane Memorial Garden. I'm going to ask everyone but the family to please stand. Please stand, everyone but the family. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And where I go, oh, help me, Jesus, there you may be also. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may go also. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. For which cause we faint not? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal.